Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Christopher Hines. And here's a bit about Christopher. Chris is a true veteran of the podcast industry, currently hosting the business of podcasting and the personal branding playbook. You can always rely on Chris to give you the details on growing and monetizing shows. He even helps podcasters build incredible products to make their personal brands profitable. Chris has generated over 75,000 through podcast sponsorships, working with some of the biggest brands in the world. He spoke at events such as Podfast, Podfest, <laughs> the Outlier Podcast Festival, and much more. You can always reach out and connect with Chris to grow or monetize your show. And today, Chris and I are going to spend some time talking about podcasting and blending it with personal branding. So without further ado, please welcome Chris Hines to GEMS Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. If I sound crazy, y'all, it's just because the wisdom tooth is getting to me a bit, but we're here, we rocking. Let's do it. My pleasure. So Chris, I'm going to give you an option here. So you could either choose the icebreaker or you could choose the rapid fire at the end. Which one do you want to choose? I like the rapid fire. Those are always fun. Every time they're always fun. Okay, cool. So we're going to rock with the rapid fire at the end. So um, keep me honest with time. So let's jump into podcasting and personal branding. And what I can say is like, man, I feel like I'm talking to an expert here, which you are because over $75,000 in brand sponsorships, that is super dope and congratulations. But let's talk about um, before you got to the to the sponsorship, you first had to understand where you were going podcast wise and brand yourself so you can acquire those sponsors because no one's going to pay for someone that they barely know about well at least from my perspective so can you talk about what did your podcast journey look like oh man I started my very first show um, was when I got my first sponsor as well I started in my bathroom I had no equipment. I had nothing. Like, I kid you not, I had zero equipment. I had like the old Apple headphones you plug in, not even AirPods. And I had a 10-year-old MacBook that would overheat when I just open up Chrome. Like, it was that bad. And I, I made it work. You know, that was the beginning for me. Um, and after my second month podcast, and I actually got my first sponsor for about $10 an episode. Um, <laughs> I know it's not a lot, but it's like, I was already talking about basketball. I was playing. I had even played professionally at that point in my life too. So to transition into the media aspect and get paid for it was something I always wanted to do. So that $10 was like a million to me. I was excited. But the beautiful thing is that $10 went from 10 to 50 to 300 and it just kept growing. Wow. And, you know, some people, they don't even credit the small beginnings because someone may say $10, like, you know, that's nothing. But I mean, we all have to start from humble beginnings and 
that $10, you know, encouraged you, but it also motivated you to keep on going. Because if you can make $10 talking about something that you're super passionate about, an area that you were already in, then you could make so much more by, you know, tapping into your full strengths. So that first podcast, was it strictly basketball based? Yeah, it was only basketball because at that time, my entire life was basketball. I had just won an award for blogging about basketball. I was coaching, training. I was still playing, getting paid to play. Um, So my entire life, every single day from when I woke up to when I went to bed was basketball. I watched every game. Um, I was studying uh, college players, everything. My entire life was sports. And at that time, it was just such a big deal to be paid for it. Like the blogging started making a little bit of money, but then with the podcast, I knew once I got the ten dollars, if I got ten, I know I can get fifty. If I got fifty, I know I can get a hundred. So in that second month, um, I got a shout out of uh, my guy Peter. He helped me tremendously in that first couple months of my career. Um, so starting out small is where we all should be okay with starting. Like especially if you don't have a massive audience, you don't have a big community. Be okay with that 10 to 15, $25 to start because it can build into something great. Okay. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely agree. So I'm trying to get to your level, Chris. So that's why I'm <laughs> talking to an expert. So um, did you play ball in college? Yes, I did. But the funniest thing happened to me. So I played ball in high school, ton of injuries, concussions, and stuff. Then I went to junior college. I played there. I was successful and then I transferred. You know, when I got to my actual university, I could not play there. And it was just a lot of technical stuff that happened. So it was like a two-week period, and I I call it the worst two weeks of my life, where I had to decide if I'm going to stay in college and not play ball. Like, that was the only reason why I went to college, to be honest. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Like, that's the only reason why I went. Or do I go back home? And I had moved to Portland. I didn't want to go back to – I'm from Compton, California. I did not want to go back to that life and just fall in into the cycle you know so for me it was like I got to stay in school and figure it out that's when I decided to start making my entire life podcasting you know and I went into just really content creation the blogging the making videos the podcasting, like all of it um not being able to do what I thought I wanted to do in my life at the time led me into the career that completely changed everything so I'm actually thankful I couldn't go further with basketball I tell people this all the time like I tried it and I got to the highest level I possibly could. I made money playing and my, ver- and my you know, my story, I'm successful. I'm okay with that. And now I'm doing something that I completely love to do. So I want on both sides. I like that perspective because some people may not have seen it that way. They may say, oh, well, since I didn't get to do this, then, you know, my career's over then and have that woe is me attitude, but you turn that um, pitfall into something that was your testament and now your testimony. So does did your degree that you gained in college, does it complement what you're doing now in the podcasting space since you said you turned it over into content creation and all of the things that you're doing now? Honestly, no. Um, I went to school for business. And when I was in school, I was already consuming a lot of the self-help content and courses and stuff. And this is 2014, 2015, before it was as popular as it is now. And I remember getting into a disagreement with my economics professor because we were talking about business and I'm asking him, so like, what businesses have you owned? Where have you been successful? You know, I want to learn from you. You're my professor. Like, 
give me some information, you know? And he said, I never owned a business. I'm like, well, how are you teaching the damn business class? What are we, what are we doing? And I just started asking all my professors that then I realized that most of the people here are not doing what I want to do. So I just realized it's kind of a waste of time. You know, I still got my degree and everything, but I would honestly tell people like, don't go to college for business because it's just not going to give you as much as you think. It gives you a little bit of basics, but I can get all that on Twitter. Just being honest. All right. So, and the reason why I ask those questions is because I always like to lay a foundation so the listeners and viewers can see that, you know, we're just like them. Like, even though we may have the accolades and different stuff, we've had our start ugly moment. We've had challenges. Those challenges have allowed us to navigate to where we are. And just because you may see us one way does not mean we didn't have to go on the struggle bus, did not mean we have yeah. to make those sacrifices and et cetera. And I think that's a part of branding because if you could be real and authentic, that is a part of what makes your brand viable as well as vital. So when you think about where you are now in the podcasting space and you think about your brand, what are the core pillars around your podcast brand? Oh man, that's such a great question. My first one is to have fun and feel good. You know, because I, I remember a point in time in my life when I first transitioned into entrepreneurship full time, uh, you know, I've worked over 30 jobs. I've done construction and carpenting and painting and I worked for the trash company. I did a lot of stuff I did not want to do. You know, a lot of the, the nastiest jobs, I've done those. So now I'm very thankful I can do what I want to do every day and get paid for it. So number one, I have to feel good in what I do and I have to be providing value to the world. That's like number one for me. Um, the second is to make sure I'm consistent. You know, I believe that how you do anything is how you do everything. So I like to show up the right way. I like to be there for people if I can, you know, um, like a, my favorite example of this is when you go to the grocery store and there are those people who leave their grocery carts in a parking spot. Like we all need that parking spot, but you left your cart there. And if you leave your cart in the parking spot, I now know you're the same person that, you know, you're not going to be as consistent when it comes to something in business. You're not going to show up on time. You're not going to complete projects, you know? So I look at how you do anything is how you do everything. Um, and number three, I would say is build relationships. The reason why I've gotten sponsorships, I've gotten on stage to speak. And honestly, my whole career as an entrepreneur is because of relationships. Like I get clients referred to me all the time now because I just build and keep relationships. So those are the three most important things to me, man. And I think if you do all of those, the money will find you. You don't have to worry about that. Absolutely. And I'm going to chime in behind you there because relationship building is key, but then also making sure that the relationship is a two-way street. It's not just one-sided. What are you getting from the other person? But how are you adding value to that individual? And how is that individual adding value back to you? I, I was literally listening to my boy, uh, the Millionaire Mindsets, their podcast of the day. And one of their guests said something that was insane. She said, if you don't have friends, you can go to an ask for $10,000, then you're around the wrong people. That's insane. Simply because if you can go and ask them for 10 grand, why don't you have anything close to 10 grand yourself? Like, like what are you, what's going on in your life to where you need just randomly need $10,000. So I, I think building the relationships is important, 
but you cannot use people, especially the people that are above you and ahead of you. You want to make sure you always come to them with something valuable. Always. It's super important. Absolutely. Um, value. Value is what's going to drive. And I also say networking. Networking is so critical too, because they say that your network is tied to your net worth. But then how are you networking? Because things have changed. Some people are still doing things virtually. And then there are some who are doing things face to face. So don't be afraid to have those conversations. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Because as people in the millennial groups, say closed mouths don't get fed so if you have not because you ask not and then also have a servant leader a leadership how are you serving the community that you are a part of and how are you listening actively listening to what people's wants and needs are and are you being a solution or are you being you know a problem Think about that. And I think that's a part of branding as well, in my opinion. But I know you definitely have more experience in that area. So Chris, do you want to add anything else there before we jump over to the next part? I would say the key part of personal branding is the problem that you solve. Focus on solving one problem and be as incredible at it as you could possibly be. I mean, read all the books, buy all the courses, you know, uh, follow all the people that are ahead of you, solve a problem. That is the most important thing because when people are looking for somebody to speak on a certain topic, they need you to solve a problem. When somebody wants a guest on their podcast, if you, if you can solve a problem, you'll be on that show. You need to be a problem solver. When you provide solutions and you're known for providing solutions, you will never be broke. Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, whenever you think about some of the podcast topics that you've had on your show and you think about some of the stories, um, was there a time where you faced a challenge? And while facing that challenge, how did it help you personally and professionally develop? Oh, man. Uh, you know, you know, it's funny. I, before I had that time where I couldn't play in college, I thought that that would be like, that was like the worst thing. But even before that, I was actually, I lived in San Diego. I was homeless for about six months where I lived in my car. I was still going to college and everything, still going to class and showing up. Um, and that was, I, you know, it, most people would say it's the most challenging thing, but to me, it was the most like teachable time of my life. I learned so much about myself being homeless for that long, you know, like having to, shower LA fitness and sometimes sleeping in the gym and having security try to tow my car because I'm parking in a parking lot too long. Like having to go to a different friend's house all the time to wash my clothes and separating them in a trunk. Like living that life for six months taught me so much about myself. And I don't see it as a worst time in my life, you know, because I learned so much about me. I wouldn't be where I am now if I didn't have that. You know, I even wrote my first book during that time. You know, so I just I think the things we go through are important because they're going to help you grow. If you can get through it, you'll grow through it. If you can get through it, you will go through it. That should be on a T-shirt, kind of (laughs) like a breakthrough. It breaks you, but it allows you to make it through. And how you look at the mess that you've been through is what curates the message. Or the test that you face is what allows your testimony and your testament to shine. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's how I've always looked at podcasting. Like that first show I told you about, when I got sponsored and everything, it's going really well. Maybe in my second month podcasting this happened, that old computer, it died on me. I lost so much content. Oh my God. It was maybe like 12 episodes. A ridiculous. And this is when I was interviewing NBA players and stuff. Like I had people that were on TV on my podcast. And so my computer died and I lost everything. That was the time where I, that was the only time I've ever thought about like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. I almost quit podcasting. I can't even lie. That was very, very hard to get through, but it just, you know, I learned from it. You know, now I, I save my content in four or five different places. That will never happen again. See, it's those challenges that you go through that allow you to learn from it. So for anyone out there that's listening, that is interested in getting into the podcasting space because you want to add value, not that you want to get into it because everybody else is podcasting. What type of tips would you give them, Chris? I would say number one, solve a problem, uh, like I already said. Um, Number two, do it at your level. Right. Because for me, I host two different shows, actually three. I put out five episodes a week. I do two solo episodes, two interviews and another solo show. I'm doing four videos on YouTube every single week. I post five reels a week on Instagram, actually 10. I'm doing that on two accounts. I post a ridiculous amount of content. That's because for me, I've been doing it for seven years now. I have systems in place. It's easy. I love to do it. It's fun. It never feels overwhelming. You know, I never really get tired. Like it's always fun. Every day is exciting for me. I love it. So that's not to say that you need to do it at that level for you. It could be one episode a week or an episode every other week. If that's what works for you, do it at your speed, at your level, at a level that you can be consistent with. Don't be one of the people that come out here and do three episodes a week. And then you die off after one month. You're much better off doing one episode a week at your own pace, you know, build your way up to that. Okay. So consistency is key doing it at your own pace and then just being authentic. Another thing that I would add is don't try to be like the next podcast woman or man out there, stay in your own lane and do what feels natural to you. One of the things that I did when I first started podcasting, because I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew that I wanted to put out content to help me get through the grief journey of losing my father was I just said, okay, what okay, what platforms are out there? What's free? Because if I'm starting out, I don't want to pay for something if I don't know the return on my investment. So I did anchor.fm. I could do it on my phone or I could do it on the computer. And we're always glued to our phone. So why not put out some information that is substance? So I chose that. Then I want, I did solo episodes because I wasn't in a mental space where I wanted to interview people because I have to go through my own journey. So then from the solo episodes, when I was ready, then I graduated into doing interview style episodes and then things took off from there. But the most important thing was I had grace. I had fun doing it. And I allowed my passion to drive and fuel the podcast versus looking at, oh, they're in the 1% or they're editing or they have all this other stuff because the minute that I start trying to operate in somebody else's lane, my vision, my gifts and my talents become stale and stagnant 
because I'm trying to compete with what somebody else is doing when in actuality, I don't know what all they're doing and it's not my place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that's why you have to, I call it creating your own lane. You know, for me, um, I, I always believe it's important to do what you want to do at your level, what feels good. As long as you're solving a problem and providing that value to the world, I, I believe it's all going to work itself out. You know, when people come to me and they want to monetize their show before they launch it, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't think it's anything wrong with that. If that's what you want, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to, you know, do your show for free forever, I understand. I'm not mad at that either. I think it's so important to work on how we feel and uh, not live in an emotional state, but understand how our emotions impact us. Like if you sit down to record and every time you record, you're nervous or you're tired or you're scared, you probably aren't in the right mindset to record something. That's just being honest. Hmm. Thank you for adding that value there. And you brought up the monetizing piece because some people are trying to secure the bag before they put out content that is, you know, relevant or needed content. And they haven't even really tested the content to see how, you know, the outside world is, you know, gravitating to it. So what tips can you share about monetization? Because there's so much information out there. Oh, yes, a lot. It's a lot of wrong information. I'll say that. Um, I've seen a lot of the wrong info. So I'll tell you this. If you want to monetize your show before launching it, it is possible. I've done it myself multiple times for shows I wasn't even on. And I would say the most important part there is having the right relationships with the right companies. So if I'm launching a show that's going to be about health and wellness, I want to have a connection to uh, better help. You know, the uh, I think they do... Um, what is it? Uh, therapy. They do therapy uh, or HelloFresh. They send meal plans. Those are the kind of companies you need to have contacts with. So when you launch that show, they're aware of who you are, what your podcast is about. Start the conversation early. Don't go in and say, hey, pay for this podcast. They're not going to do that. But you approach them saying, hey, I'm launching this show. This is what I'm going to cover. I would love to work with your brand in the near future. That's a perfect introduction. So now they see what you're doing. They see the content you're putting out. Then you want to be consistent with whatever you're putting out. So you can go back to them in a month, in six weeks and say, hey, look, I told you about the podcast when we launched it. Now look at what we've done so far. I've had these guests. We've had this great response. Our community is growing. Let's start working together. That way now, and this is the thing, you can even do that same process, but behind the scenes where you say, hey, look, I'm launching a show in four months. Go record the content, have a list of your guests and a list of your episodes and go back in a month and say, hey, look, we produce this content. We would love for you to be our initial title sponsor. I'm telling you, it works very, very, it works more than you would believe. Like a lot of companies are putting millions of dollars every month in a podcast. So we just have to build the right relationships with the right companies as podcast hosts. So whenever you are going up to these um, companies and just asking for, you know, sponsorship, um, do you do you also tell them about what your core values are, what your mission statement is and how you're adding value um, in this in the space that they're working in or vice versa? Or do you just use like a generic template or whatnot? Because there's so much information that sometimes you feel like you're sending it out, but you're not even getting those responses back. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I hundred percent agree. I've worked with a lot of people going through that. I think it's important in the beginning to show them the value that you have to them. 
because they have the leverage. You know, they're a billion dollar company. You know, they spend a million dollars a month on podcast advertising alone, right? So you don't have as much leverage to go in there and say, hey, look, this is what I care about. This is what I like. They'll be like, hey, we don't care. We don't know you. You got to build a relationship first. And then that kind of stuff comes into play, right? And focusing on connecting to somebody in the marketing department, in partnerships, in media, perfect way to get to that sponsorship level. And what you mentioned about core values does become very important. Once you have the relationship and you start to connect with the company, that's when they'll start to ask you some of those questions. So you want to have that nailed down. Now, as far as templates, I have some basic templates for outreach in the beginning phases. Um, Because for me, to get that first sponsor from my first show, I had a list of 500 companies. I reached out to every single one of them. I sent emails to Nick Cannon's incredible company. I emailed Apple, Nike. I emailed everybody. And out of 500, I got like maybe 50 responses. And then I got about meetings with maybe like 15, 20 of them. And then I closed deals with two. So out of 500 companies, I got two. So that just lets you know, in the beginning, it takes that kind of work. Ooh, I'm over here processing. You see me over here thinking. <laughs> um, and when you were saying, saying that and just talking about the different companies, one thing that I've tried, and let me know if you agree with it or not. I tried reaching out to businesses that I currently patronize because I mean, like I'm already supporting your business. I'm already um, spending my money with you. And I would just like you to consider spending your money right back with me and just have that win-win situation. What, any thoughts there? Yes, that's a great strategy, especially in the beginning. And especially if you have a niche podcast it's in you know a very specific area. Like if I had a comic book podcast, I will be trying to you know get sponsored by you know, smaller creators that are making their own comics. They want to kind of market to other people who already buy comics. Those are the kind of relationships we should build um, because you're a small podcast, they're a small business, you work together and you both grow. But this is the key thing here. And this is what'll separate you from everybody else. McGee's game. You should create an offer. What I mean by that is don't just go and say, hey, can you sponsor my podcast? Tell them, hey, I want you to work with me. And this is a package I have set up that's perfect for your company. For a deal of $500 for a month, we'll give you four pre-rolls on a podcast. We'll post you on our Instagram three times a week. Um, We'll mention you on our Facebook group, all of that kind of stuff. You put together a full offer to where they're getting access to your audience across the board. Now that's much more appealing to the company outside of, hey, just sponsor my podcast. Now they can reach your 1,000, 5,000, 10,000 people. And, you know, in your podcast, you might only have 2,000. Maybe some people have like 500. But in terms of their audience, they got like 10,000 plus. So if you use that whole 10,000 plus, you can create something special with that offer. And that's what brands will really jump at. Oh, yes. You just gave me some games. So I will definitely work on that and Chris you've dropped so much knowledge and wisdom here on gems I definitely want to invite you back for a part two so we could get down to some more nitty-gritty because I want to be respectful of your time so we're going to jump into our rapid fire game and then we'll do our (laughs) so question number one dream car 
I'm not really a material type person. Dream car, uh, a, a Tesla. Tesla. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Two. If you could have any superpower, what would it be, and why? I, you know, I've argued about this a lot. I think we all have had this conversation with somebody. I don't think there's a superpower better than teleportation. Like, I don't know what beats that. Like, flying, cool, but I mean, you up in the air, you just, it's just too much. Like, teleport, like, teleport. Like, that's the best thing. I don't think there's one better. Three, favorite color? Um, Black. Black? Okay. Four, favorite vacation spot? Oh, man. Um, I got so many places I still want to go. Right now, I'm going to say L.A. I'm from L.A. I know that sounds bad, but <laughs> L.A. is a great place to live, not a great place to live. <laughs> okay. A little bias there, but okay, I'm going to let you rock with it. So five, favorite food? Oh, man, tacos. Tacos for sure. Tacos. Okay. Six, if you could have anything that you want and money was not an option, what would it be? Um, anything that I want, money's not an option, man. I would say relief, relief. The the feeling of relief is like the most valuable thing to me to like, you know, that feeling of paying Like when you pay your bills two, three months ahead of time, that feeling of knowing you got money coming in every single day. Oh man. That, that feeling of relief is incredible. Seven. <laughs> I like that one though, feeling of relief. Ooh, okay. Let me let me try to give you a hard one to think about. Hmm. Okay. Oh, this one's gonna be easy though. So seven, favorite movie. Oh man, no, that's hard. I'm a movie guy. I watch a lot of movies. I even like watching the bad movies. Um, my favorite movie. I'm gonna have to go with training day. Training day, okay. <laughs> um I love that because you're like, I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> so eight, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what is the top advice you would give? Oh, man, I've been asked before. I always say nothing because I'm in such a great space right now. I know it sounds so like fake deep or whatever, but everything I went through and experienced helped me get to where I am now. So I wouldn't tell my younger self anything, like not, not any advice. It would just be like, look, keep going. Everything is going to work out. You like, that would be it. I wouldn't give no, nothing away. None of that. Okay. Nine favorite quote. Um, man, that is tough. Favorite quote. Oh man. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Because I've literally seen that. Like, I know guys who, like, have the talent of an NBA player. Like, they could literally play in the NBA right now because they play in the summer league and they beat NBA players all the time. But they don't have the work ethic that it takes to be an NBA player. And, like, I play with these guys, like, growing up and stuff and, like, you know, becoming, a, a you know, an adult myself. And seeing that was like me seeing it every day, people having a, like an immense amount of talent, otherworldly talent, 
but they just don't have work ethic. It's it, it's it's wild to see. So that that one hits home for me. Okay, and then now ten, you could either pass or play. If you pass, I ask you another question. If you play, you can ask me a question. Any question that you would like to know about me, Genesis, as the host or whatever. Okay, I'm asking you a question because you had it. You looked at me crazy when I said training day. So what is your favorite movie? <laughs> oh, I have so many too because I am a movie person as well. So right now, I really like the movie. Um, oh, hold on. No, I got to switch it. <laughs> got to switch. It's a I tough question. I definitely like the movie Friday because no matter when I watch it, I will always laugh, even if I'm yeah. watching it with my husband, because I am a comedy lover and Ice Cube is just hilarious in that movie to me and his dad. And may he rest in peace, John Witherspoon. Okay. Okay. Friday. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. I'll give you that. Okay. Now to our call to action segment, we talked about podcasting, we talked about branding, personal and professional branding. So what would you like the listeners to do once they hear this segment? So I have a new membership area, um, hindsight.live. Um, can we add it to the link down in the description? That's where I add all of my master classes and stuff, man. I'm do personal branding, master classes, podcasting. I have like over a thousand hours of informational content. I just give it away. Like it's completely free for you to access. So, you know, go ahead and check that out. Uh, follow us on Instagram at personal branding playbook or at Chris podcasting. You know, you can ask me any question you want to. I will answer you. I don't charge for you to talk to me. I'm not one of those people. Um, and go and listen to the podcast, man, a personal branding playbook. You know, if you're trying to build your business, make some money online, but if you want to grow your podcast, you got to subscribe to the business of podcasting. I have people that are smarter than me on there all the time. So that's, that's been my favorite show. Okay. So I'll make sure I have all those links in the show notes, Chris. And thank you so much for coming on Gems Podcast and dropping the wisdom behind what has worked for you in the podcasting space and also telling us how you've acquired over 75k in sponsorships and listeners and viewers make sure you subscribe and share this segment we're on 40 plus platforms for those of you interested in video content follow us over at gems with genesis amaris kemp on youtube and lastly but not least i am currently looking for brand sponsors so you can have your products and services heard right here where we are ranked in the top three percent globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com and find out more about being a sponsor by going to genesisamariskemp.net and let's have a conversation so until next time peace love and lots of blessings. Go learn something about podcasting and learn how you can monetize your brand to get to the level where you want to be at. Just because you may be where you are right now, not making any money does not mean that the money is not going to come to you. But you have to start by taking actions and putting out that content. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share and subscribe to gems podcast on your audio platform as well as our youtube channel gems with genesis amaris kemp
we would love for you to be a sponsor. So please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.